Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. In this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to Karen Young. Karen Young is best known as the creator of HeySigmund.com, one of my favorite websites that talks a lot about mental health and has a lot about anxiety. Karen Young is a psychologist and a sought out speaker, and her website reaches millions of readers every year around the world. She has recently come out with a new book called Hey Warrior, which is an amazing children's book that helps children understand anxiety in a very simplistic, informative sort of way. I love it. I think it's super cute. I own it. And I also share it in my practice and try to get parents to read it to their children. So Karen and I had a wonderful conversation um, about many different topics. We talked about why it's important to teach your kids about anxiety, about the mechanisms of anxiety. She talks about how to help your kids work through the physiological responses of anxiety when it's physically hurting them, when their stomach hurts, or they're getting panicky. She talks about why it's important to explain anxiety and partner with your child so that they can understand why they need to breathe in a different way or why they need to think in a different way. And I like the way that she approaches children. And so she gives some really good suggestions on that. And then we get to talk about her book and how it helps children, what ages it's appropriate for, and how to use the book as a parent, as a tool in your toolbox to help your kids when they're anxious. She is as nice as I thought she would be. I have talked to her through email many times, but it was very cool to talk to her in person. And she did not disappoint because she's a kind soul and she's incredibly caring and intelligent and informative. And all that came through in our interview. She also has a second book coming out, which I did not know about. And we talk about that at the end as well. So without further ado, here's my interview with Karen. Well, I want to welcome Karen Young to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Karen Young is from HeySigmund.com for anyone who doesn't know. So can, for those people who aren't familiar with their site, which I'm sure there's only a few, can you describe what your site is and what you do? So first of all, thank you for having me. It's, it's um, really nice to be talking to you rather than over email. I know. Um, right? <laughs> it's, so the site is, it's, it's fueled by psychology and science, but it's all practical, relatable advice. And we cover lots of things, lots about anxiety in, in adults and kids and teens. And so it's all basically science-driven, proven, um, research-driven stuff, but practically done so that we can use, um, so we can use it in a real um, and powerful way, hopefully. Yeah, and it, they're great articles. I love the articles. I'm always reading things on your site, and I always see them shared everywhere. So they're definitely getting out there, and they're really helpful to people. Today, I want to talk to you. I want to kind of like pick your brain about how to help parents help anxious kids, because I think you have just a world of wisdom, and I get a lot of questions that um, I think you can help with. So, and I want to talk about more of the physiological stuff because I feel like your book really addresses a lot of that, which is great. So 
when a child is having a lot of physical symptoms of anxiety and they don't realize like the mind and body connection, how can parents help their kids get that connection better? Okay. So the thing to remember is anxiety, even though what we feel or what our kids feel are the the thoughts, the anxious thoughts about things that could go wrong. Anxiety is physiology. And so the idea is to, when kids understand the physiology and what's happening in their bodies, it takes the the anxiety about the anxiety away because anxiety feels scary. And those feelings that come with anxiety feel really scary. So what parents can do is if they can explain where those feelings come from and 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 help kids to make sense of all of those that awful stuff and it does feel awful it feels really scary if parents can help their kids make sense of that then that that makes the strategies deal with anxiety make sense first and it also helps kids to realize that their body is actually working as their body's meant to. It's it's working a little bit too hard in some places, but it's just their bodies are doing what they're meant to do. So it's about explaining where anxiety comes from. So anxiety comes from the amygdala. It's a really, it's actually there to protect us. It's like a fierce warrior. That's how I explained it in the book. And the idea of it is to get us ready to deal with any trouble. What our brains do is they just hit the, panic button no matter what because it's like if there's any danger if your brain thinks there's danger it's going to hit the button now danger for a brain can be what happens if I miss you what happens if you're late to pick me up what happens if I say something silly and embarrass myself that all counts as danger for a protective brain what happens though is sometimes brains get really protective and they work really hard to protect you and when a brain when you're um that fierce warrior part of your brain is trying to protect you, surges you with a special body feel. And that's what makes you feel the way it does with a racy heart, sick tummy, and it's all for a really good reason, but you need to be the boss of your brain. So it's just explaining that first idea is to protect you, to get your body ready to fight or flee. And it's, it also, um, and all those feelings are because of that. So it it makes sense. What you're feeling makes a lot of sense. The other thing I think is really important, it happens to lots and lots and lots of people. So it's a really, really common thing. And actually we all get anxious a little bit at some point. We have to, otherwise we would have no way of knowing when there's going to be going to be trouble or when we need to keep ourselves safe. It's just that some people's brains work really hard, but it's still a really strong amazing healthy brain it's just working a bit too hard yeah and I like that slant that you have that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing it's just a little too good at it you know I think that's kind of a nice spin to anxiety that there's nothing wrong with their brain um when a child is in the middle of of having these physical symptoms what can a parent say to their child for them to to realize that connection when they're already kind of in the middle of uh, panic Mm. So any time anyone's in any sort of high emotion, you can't use logical reason because the part of the brain, one of the things that happens during anxiety is the part of the brain that is receptive to that and can use that information, it goes offline. And that's a healthy thing too because if we have to run for our lives or fight for our lives, we don't want to have to think too much about it. We just have to get safe and then we'll deal with 
the the whys and should we have done and we can deal with that later. So it's a very reactive response. So everything in us is reactive. There is no room to hear logical reason. So that's why saying things like there's nothing to worry about, you're okay, um, you know, that doesn't work because, in fact, it can make it worse because what the message it's sending to the brain is no one gets this. We're on our own. And that can make anxiety worse. That can make the brain work harder. So the thing to do in, well, first of all, the process of anxiety needs to be explained out of anxiety. So it's like even when kids get really angry or really sad, you can't, you can't reason. You can't reason with grown-ups, with adults when they're in that space because the brain won't hear them. So first of all, we need to um, set the foundation by explaining what anxiety is, but also then explaining why breathing works and, and practicing breathing exercises because breathing um, starts to neutralize that um, fight or flight response. Um, and it makes sense. We've been doing it, you know, that's what we do and it's there for a reason. So strong, deep breathing, because one of the first thing that, ha that happens during anxiety is breathing goes short and shallow and that starts the cascade of physical symptoms. So if out of anxiety, parents can explain this and go, we're going to try strong, deep breaths with um, a breathing buddy and making sure it's tummy breathing. That will give kids um, an anchor to use when they're anxious. When they're anxious, we really need to respond to the anxiety and the kids, what we need is to let them know that we see them and that we get it. I get that this feels scary for you right now or I can see that you're worried about walking into the school gate. Can you, and if they've practised the breathing, then get them to do that. The other thing to do is, um, so first of all, let them know you see them and let them know you're there and you get it. I get it. I get this is a big thing for you. And that works with any, that's what we have to do with any high emotion. We need to see it and we need to catch it first. Um, the other thing to do, um, and again, it helps if this is explained first, is grounding because anxiety is future thinking. So anxiety is all the what if this happens, what if you don't come, what if something happens to you while I'm at school, what if I want you and you're not there. It's, it's all of that sort of thing so what we need to do is bring the brain back into the moment and a really effective way is name five okay so what we're going to do is bring you back so you have to explain um, when you're anxious a really a really um, healthy thing for your brain is to come back because brains love being in the moment they really love it but sometimes they get a bit excited with themselves and they move to the future so when you're anxious we're going to bring it back and this is how we're going to do it I'm going to say to you, name five things you can see, name four things you can hear, three things you can feel, and you work down the senses. Uh, it doesn't matter what order you do them in, but obviously it's easier to find five things you can see than five things you can taste, and, you know, you don't want to make them more anxious. So if they do that, that that's a grounding. It brings them right back into the moment. So rather than the brain anticipating all those things that can go wrong, it's right here. And it really is just and I say just, it's not easy. Um, it's, a, it's a matter of letting the wave wash over because anxiety is a feeling and, it's, and as parents we have to have faith that that feeling will go. And I know it's really hard when kids are really distressed about going to school or, going, or, or, or watching you go to work or whatever it is, if they're whatever's um, triggering their anxiety. It can be really scary for them. But... It's about the conversations that happen out of anxiety, setting up the strategies when they feel safe and when it makes sense and when their brain can actually receive that information. And then in anxiety, 
in, in the midst of anxiety, actually doing those things. Something else is because um, anxiety is designed to get us ready to fight or flight. It's designed to get us ready for movement. When anxiety feels bad is when there's no need for movement and that's when the um, everything, the neurochemical surge builds up and that's when it creates the symptoms of anxiety. So if you can say, let's go for a walk, we're going to go for a walk and I want you to feel the ground beneath your feet, feel the skin on, feel your, the breeze on your skin. That is, first of all, it's burning those, um, it's burning that neurochemical fuel, which contributes to anxiety. It's also grounding them. Now that's not always possible. It's not always possible. They're not always in an environment where you can do that. That's where you can set them up with the grounding strategies or the breathing strategies. And I think those are some really good tips because going back to what you said earlier, I feel like one, it is, it's like that parental instinct to say you're okay. So going back to the original thing that you said, as far as validating it and letting them know that you know that they don't feel okay is, is such an important thing, even though it seems really simplistic. I think that's a really important um, fact that parents need to do is kind of don't try to make it okay. And then, um, so breathing and then grounding and then motion, you know, three, three skills that they can kind of tap into. Now, what if you have a child who is resistant to these things? Do you have any magic fairy dust on that one? You know, like when they don't want to do anything, but you really want to help them. Yeah, and they might not. And that's why the explanation of what's happening is so important because they actually need to feel empowered by it and feel like if we say to them, just breathe or just move or let's do this grounding thing, it doesn't make sense. And even as, and kids are smart and they want to understand why they're doing stuff. And it is really important for them to be doing things that make sense, especially if they've done breathing before and it hasn't worked. Well, it, 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 it probably won't work because during anxiety, the brain's really busy and it needs to actually have practice at what proper breathing feels like. So it needs to happen out of it. So the explanation is really important. And then um, if you give them a choice of strategies before they go into it. So I know when this happens and I, I, I know that you can understand this stuff and I know that you want to understand this stuff. And I think it's really important to speak to kids how we want them to be. So, you know, as though they are already brave, as though they are already um, empowered. And we sometimes need to believe, like we know it's in them. We know it's in them to be really brave. We need to believe it enough for both of them so they will catch that as well. And not in, not, not in it, but out of it, not in anxiety, because in anxiety we need to, you know, respond to the anxiety. Um, but out of it is this is what's happening and I, and I want you to know this is why you get a sick tummy, this is why you get a bit dizzy, this is why you get sweaty skin. Um, and all of those things have a really good reason for being there. What I think we should try is breathing because breathing will switch that off, but you need to teach your brain to do it. Your brain can breathe, it's been doing it, it's been keeping you alive, but sometimes it forgets how to do strong breaths. So we're going to practice strong breaths. Um, the other thing to do, and I did this with my daughter, is teaching them figure eight breathing. And anxiety is flighty. It feels flighty. It feels flighty for us when we're anxious. Um, touch is very grounding if they want to be touched. Not all kids 
like being touched and that's okay. But it's um it's figure eight breathing. So you do a figure eight and they if you can do it to them and then they can use it as an anchor to do it to themselves. And the first belly of the eight, they breathe in and then when they get to the middle, they hold it and then the outside belly of the eight, they breathe out. And the thing about that is they can do it on their wrist to themselves. It's a form of mindfulness, so it's a way to bring their brains to the present, but it's also touch, which we know is soothing. We know touch can soothe the nervous system if it's, an, if it's a wanted touch, if it's an invited touch. Um, yeah, so what I used to do with my daughter was I'd do it on her back or sometimes she'd want it on her forehead. You know how they like having their forehead strokes? So I'd, go, I'd just trace it and she'd breathe. I like that. And yeah, relaxing. Yeah, but they've got the touch as the anchor. They've got that touch to focus on mm-hmm. and to to soothe their nervous system. So if you can give them some of these strategies, but again, that's another one. You have to explain how it works. When you do strong deep breathing, it's it's it sends a message to your brain that you're okay, and so it stops getting your body ready to run or to fight. And it switches off the, in the book, I call it a super body fuel. It switches it off. And that's actually the thing that is making you feel all this stuff. That's what gives you a racing heart, a sick tummy, a clammy skin. It's all happening as it should. That's what's meant to happen. Because if you've got, um, you know, a wild dog chasing you, you want to be stronger, faster, more powerful. You want to have all of that in you. You want to have a super body fuel so you can run fast. But if there's nothing chasing you or if there's no danger, it just builds up. And that's it's like putting petrol in a car and not taking your trigger off, the, not taking your finger off the stop the petrol thing. Um, yeah, it it just keeps building up and building up and building up, and that's when you feel the way. And it's completely safe if that happens. It's safe. It's it's not going to hurt you, even though it feels scary, but it feels awful. So you want to switch off that awful feeling, and the way to do that is to switch off that super body fuel. And you do that by breathing or by walking or by another way to send the message is the grounding. So they need to understand the context. And I think that's really important because if someone says to me when I'm anxious, just breathe, I go, you don't even know what I'm dealing with here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm breathing and, and, it, and it doesn't feel right. But what makes a difference is, I know it's going to switch off that neurochemical surge so I can breathe and I, you know, you can do it. But they have to have that context. They have to have that understanding of why it works. I think it's important for them to have that context. Yeah, and I think that's what's so great about your book is that it does do that. And I don't feel like, I feel like a lot of parents struggle with how to explain that. And really, if if kids try these things and it starts to be effective, then they're more likely to do more of it. So it's just that initial engagement to get them involved and to say, hey, this is what's happening. This is why it's such a good thing. I'm not minimizing your struggle. I'm actually telling you to do something because physiologically, it makes sense. I hope you're enjoying my interview with Karen Young as much as I am. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. So I wonder if you can go into your book because I really feel like 
when your book came out and I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first book that really deals with the physiological component that really explains it in a way that really I haven't seen it be explained to kids in any other book or, or method. So can you talk about your book? So I have it here. It's so awesome. So I have one at home for my three anxious kids and I have one in my office where kids, you know, I show the parents, you know, this is what it looks like. Go get it. And it's super cute too. I love the illustrations. So it's all about, so Hey Warrior is the book. And I wonder if you can just explain a little bit to parents what's inside of it. That book actually came out of a conversation I had with my daughter on the way to soccer. It was a 10 minute conversation because she was getting anxious. She was moving into middle school and she was getting all the symptoms of anxiety. And this is, and, and I mean, I do tell people this because I think it's important to, you know, when, I don't know, we beat ourselves over the back for not, for saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. I I did that because she was um, getting sick tummies and headaches on the way to school and and afterwards. And I was just kind of putting them down to the move. And I'm like, she'll be okay. She'll be all right. She'll be, it's nothing. No, don't worry. And it just kept going. And then it happened on the way to soccer one day and I went, oh, I know what this is. This is actually anxiety and so we had the conversation and two weeks later she said and she was 12 at the time so it's um but I you know I've also used it for little kids so I know um and it's written for in in language they can understand because she had the framework for it it's what I've said everything makes sense then I explain anxiety as a fierce warrior that's there to protect you so we give it we talk about the brain and the amygdala anxiety comes from a part of your brain called the amygdala it's like your own fierce warrior there to protect you and I'm not going to recite the whole book I think I could I've just spent too much time looking at it but um (laughs) not looking at it trying to get it perfect Um, but um but then it goes into why anxiety is actually there to help you and how it it's just it's still a really strong brain and even though it feels awful it's what bodies do and it's what brains do so you've got a really healthy brain but it's working a little bit too hard to protect you it's being a bit overprotective so we give that a context first then I go into um, each physical symptom of anxiety well the common ones so racy heart sick tummy clammy skin tense muscles And every one of those happens for a reason related to making you stronger, faster, more powerful to be able to deal with a threat. And it's really important that kids understand that because a racy heart can feel scary. A sick tummy, a sick tummy can actually give rise to anxiety even about vomiting. So that's anxiety about the anxiety. And some kids actually do are sick. They do vomit. And then that makes the anxiety even worse because they anticipate that. If you can say... This is why it's happening. It's uh, There's nothing wrong with your body. There's nothing wrong with your brain. They're all beautiful, but this is what's happening. This is why you're getting sick. This is why I get... And the book goes through that. Um, so with a sick tummy, one of the things that happens is anything your body doesn't need um, in that moment to keep you alive, it shuts down. And one of the things that shuts down is, is um, digestion. And that can give you butterflies and it can make you feel a bit sick and... Um, and that's why that happens. And then it goes through why you get a racy heart, why you get clammy skin, and it all makes sense. So when they have that, it all makes sense. Um, And each one is really just a sentence or two. They just need to understand. And then it goes through and it explains. So once they've got that context of what 
um, where the symptoms come from, then we go into why breathing works. And breathing is, it switches off that fuel. It sends a message to your brain that you're safe because it's you being the boss of your brain again because with anxiety, your brain takes over. Um, but when you breathe, it's like you saying, I'm the boss, I've got this, we're okay. And then your amygdala can relax and your brain can relax and then you'll start to feel calm again. Um, and then at the end of it, there's a section, um, it's just a checklist because anxiety, sometimes the focus can feel really negative um, because they're focusing on what can go wrong. And sometimes it can be, um, you know, for, any, for the whole family, it can be really difficult because it's managing what can go wrong so that, you know, we can, we can get through this next thing we're doing. The truth is an anxious kids, brains that get anxious sometimes actually come with enormous strengths huge strengths and so it's really important that kids also recognize that it's really important that they recognize that they're actually brave because anxiety can't happen without courage because if there's nothing to be brave about if there's if you're anxious it's because you're about to do something brave if it was easy you wouldn't be anxious so it's kind of flipping that idea that they can't do stuff it's the changing the focus from what they can't do or the fact that they feel anxious to, do you know what else you are? You're actually all of these other things. And and it goes into that. There's a checklist because they won't be all things. And even things like I like to spend time on my own sometimes. And and that's actually, that can be a real strength. Some kids won't tick that. And they can the idea is they can change over time. So they've always got this thing in front of them. It's actually, I'm pretty cool. And I get anxious. And I love that. I thought that was great. It was kind of like a surprise at the end. I really, I wasn't expecting that. You know, I, I kind of thought I knew where your book was going. And then at the very end, I was like, what's all this? You know, and it was like this really wonderful feel good ending to your book that is almost like a book inside of a book about empowering your kids and like celebrating the anxious child. Because I always tell parents, you know, anxiety is not all bad. And there are so many great qualities that come with the anxious child. Actually, I think you had an article on your site about that, about like the strengths or superpowers of anxious people or kids. And I love that because I feel like there is so much good that comes with anxiety, just the empathy and the, the kindness and the open heart that you touch on at the end of the book. And it leaves it on a really positive note to make kids feel almost proud of who they are and um and embrace it the second book which is about to go to print is all about that but it oh, that's exciting goes into the detail of that so your brain does this which means it, your your body can do this which means it can also do this so it's about it's about that um really highlighting that and i think you know i think because anxiety can really it can overwhelm everything it can overwhelm you know everything and it is and the idea is to hang on to all of those strengths so and it's what I said before we need to talk to kids as though you know because it's already in them we need to talk to them as though we need to talk to that we need to talk to those strengths so then they can talk to those strengths and they can draw on those strengths but first we need to put them them in front of them and go did you know you can do this you are brave you're actually really brave and you're really all of these things um and it's, it's lifting them up so they can do this. So the idea is that, you know, we can, we can dial the anxiety down and just leave this stuff 
And you might always be a bit anxious. You don't want to get rid of your anxiety because then you've got no warning system if you need to. There's nothing telling you not to go into a dark alley. It's like that feeling when there's something a bit scary. Sometimes it's spot on and sometimes you need to turn the other way. Or if a bunch of kids at school at school are doing something that doesn't feel right for you, that's your early warning system. And sometimes it's absolutely right and it's telling you this isn't good, you need to go or you need to... Um, and we want that, so we don't want to switch it off completely. But what we want to do is stop it interfering when there is no need to worry. But even when your anxiety is down, you'll still have these strengths. Yeah, which is a good point because I do feel like anxious kids, and you know, me even as an anxious adult, have better intuition, you know, have a good gut feeling because our, our gut is so sensitive <laughs> <laughs> that we, we get things a lot earlier than other people because our radar is always up. And that's not always a bad thing. And a lot of times it's a great yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the way they can, that future brain is also powerful too because they can see trouble coming and can plan often mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, not it's not generalizing all kids it's saying these are the strengths that are in you you can actually you know you can talk to them you can use them you can or not it's up to you but they're there they're actually there in you and you don't even need to know that they're just, they're just there and so it is and i know um and i always say if you want to know what's going on in a group ask the one who seems a little bit anxious because often they're the ones watching taking it all and their brains are amazing. Like, and, and, and it's like you said, I, I think, you know, and I know the anxious kids and anxious teens I talk to, they're so spot on with what's happening and they're so articulate with what's happening inside them. Even, you know, five or six-year-olds, they're so spot on with what's going on. And, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's turning that up in a way that actually works for them. Yeah. I mean, they are definitely my favorite, favorite little people because they are, they are, they're little old souls, you know, they get everything and they've seen everything and they are, you know, most of them are wise beyond their years. So I want to ask you another question. So a lot of times parents will ask about book recommendations or they'll, they'll want to know how to talk to their kids about anxiety. And one thing that I, I tend to hear parents say is, well, I don't want them to read a book about anxiety because I don't want them to get more anxious. <laughs> I, I have my own thoughts on that and what I say, but I wonder what would you say being a children's author now yeah. to do that? I think what we need to do is if they're talking about being anxious, they're anxious. You can't make, you can make someone anxious by talking about all the bad things that might happen. But what we want to, and it's also the way we talk about it, what we want to do is anxiety is in all of us. We all get anxious. What kids need to understand, what what reading about it does and understanding it is going, oh, this is actually a really normal thing people can do and it doesn't have to feel like this for me. It can feel different. So I can actually be more in control of it. It's like... um, you know, it's like eating or drinking. You can, you you know, kids can understand why they have to do that, but they're still in control of what they put in their mouths and what, but they'll only do that if they understand what happens to their body when they, you know, when they do all that stuff. And, um, and it's the same with anxiety. Kids, kids 
who are anxious, they're anxious already. So what we need to do is give it a framework and a structure. And what happens with big feelings when, when and this is anger, sadness, anything, when big feelings are just feelings, um, so, so big feelings happen in one, um, they're, they're dominant in one part of the brain and the, the words happen in the left side. They both do both. They each do both, but one's more dominant. What happens in high emotion is there's a little bit of a disconnect, not literally, but it just, it, you know, the, the right side takes over. What happens is it just feels scary because there is no sense to it. It doesn't make sense because the, the, the logic language side has left the building for a little bit. It's, one of, it's another reason you can't reason with someone in, in, in high emotion. It's also why we talk. So when we talk about stuff, we start to feel better because it brings in that, um, that side of the brain and they, they connect again. Um, and you need all your brain connected to work um, properly. So what we're doing is we're bringing word to these feelings because otherwise they're just feelings and they're overwhelming and they don't make sense. And it's like if you have something wrong with your body, the worst thing is not knowing what it is, not knowing why you've got a tummy ache or why you've got a headache. When someone puts a context to that, you can deal with it. And it's the same with anxiety for kids. They need the information. They want the information. They're savvy little beings. And so all we're doing is bringing in the words. So you've got all this stuff happening and it's scary because it's just this big nebulous thing of emotion and it doesn't make sense. We're actually putting word to it. And as soon as you put word to it, it starts to contain and it starts to um, soothe. And it's why, you know, when you say, I can see your, I can see you're, you're worried about going into there, we're actually giving them word to, we're actually giving, putting word to it and we're starting to give it a structure. Um, it's not reasoning, it's not logic, it's just starting to give it a structure. And that's soothing, that starts to soothe. Yeah, and I think that's really soothing. And I think sometimes parents think that their kids are too young for that. And, and really, I don't think little kids are too young for that at all. And in fact, you know, I read, I read your book to my six and eight-year-old my eight-year-old, for, for kids who have a hard time talking about anxiety, whenever it's story time, whenever it's bedtime at my house, I just pull a book from my shelf and it always happens to be about something they're going through. And he'll hear that more than he'll hear me, you know? And so we'll just read your book and he'll just be like, huh, I think I have that. I think I feel that. Yeah. But with my little one who's six, she started to connect the dots. And even though she can talk about it without a book, um, you know, she started to say, I don't know why, but I must be, I must be nervous because my tummy hurts. And she started to actually connect the dots. And so I think, you know, that's super helpful for kids to start to get that mind body connection. Absolutely. And I, as long as we give them a way to control it, it's scary if we say, this is what's going on. And this is going to keep going on because you're on your own. But if we say, this is what's going on and this is what we can do about it. There's, there's just no reason not to. There's no reason not to. We don't want to keep information from them. And I'm a big fan of giving kids as much information as they're ready for. And for um, I think little kids sometimes are more receptive. My son is 20 and I, um, my daughter was 12, so he would have been, what, 17 at the time. And before exams, he was doing grade 11 or 12 um, exams. And I would try to talk to him about what was happening in his brain. 
and he'd go, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, I oh, know, you know, yeah. And I'd go, I'd, can you just try mindfulness or can you go for a run or something like that? And he'd go, yeah, no, no. Whereas my 12-year-old did everything that and, you know, was suited. It, he does it now because he's seen it. Um, he's seen her do it. But I think sometimes older, you know, the older they get, sometimes, and I think too, especially if it's mum saying it, um, the older they get, the more sceptical, I think, whereas I think um, little minds are so open, young minds are so open. So, and I certainly think five-year-olds and six-year-olds um, need to understand what's happening in their brains because they can control it. All this stuff they can manage, it's all manageable. But first of all, they have to understand what's happening. Yeah. And I think the earlier you plant those seeds, the better, because it's all they know. It's the language they've always used. Yeah. So what, what age is, is your book geared towards? So I say five up. Um, okay. And I think for, um, I have been asked about younger kids. I think you can start to introduce the concepts, but it would have to be in words that work for them. So you wouldn't be able to read the book straight to maybe, you know, a four, I don't know maybe a four-year-old. But a five-year-old, um, I think, can well, I know five-year-olds can understand it. But it's also about taking it slowly and chatting about the book. So I would not just hand the book to a five-year-old. It's not going to hurt them, but it might not necessarily um, makes you know make sense so um they what I would do is is read little you know read it chat about it read a page chat about it and just make sure they understand it um and also they have their own images and I I get emails from people and you know they say oh I read this to you know my little man and he came up and this is what he said he imagined and it's so beautiful I just love it because the way that's what I mean about how, how open their minds are, are. And I go, well, it, how lovely is it that they can imagine this? And I do think younger kids are more receptive to that. So give them the, um, give them the scaffold and yeah. sometimes they'll fill it in with however it makes sense to them. And if it makes sense to them, that's perfect. That's what we want because that's how they get that sense of empowerment and, and what I can do now and how I can make a difference to me. Yeah. I agree. I think that's awesome. And you can also weave in your own child's issues, you know, when you're reading it. I mean, I always do that, you know, that sounds like your tummy or, you know, that's, you know, do you ever feel that way? And um, as parents, you can completely, you know, interweave your children's issues and make it much more relevant to them and and their situation. Yeah. And, um, you know, and sometimes it's about, it's about coming back. So there might be parts of the book that are really relevant for now. So right now on the way to school, I'm getting a really sick tummy. Um, but then, you know, there might be that. So that's what they might take out of it. The first reading is so this is why I'm getting a sick tummy. But, you know, it's like when you watch a movie, sometimes you watch a movie twice and you realize things that you didn't realize the first time. It's the same with the book. So the first reading, they might get why it's happening and that can be comforting. And then the second reading, they can focus on why breathing is important and why they need to be the boss of their brain. And so it's not so much about just giving it to them and letting them, even though, you know, they could, but um, they might need to come back to it or they might need to the conversation to, to make it relevant for them. But the, the scaffold is there anyway. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's one of those books you're going to pull off the shelf through their development. 
you know, and through different bumps that they have that manifest in different ways, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And and it's interesting you say that because um, I made my son read my second book yesterday and I said, you, you just need to read this. And I said to him, I want you to look for commas and, you know, because I knew he wouldn't read it otherwise. And I said, um, so you can really help me by just giving it a final proof. The editors have done, <laughs> have done it, but can you do it? So he did it and he came in and he said, Mum, I actually didn't, I didn't know this. I didn't realise this. And this is what, you know, and we went into an, an issue that's relevant for him now. So, and he's 20. So. Yeah, yeah. that is funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a part of me that went, really, because I've only been talking about this thing for a year now. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes with your own kids. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, but, but there'll be at different stages and different ages and different things will be relevant. So even if though it's a kid's book, you know, I mean, older kids, 20-year-olds can look at it. They won't. If, they probably won't if you hand it to them. But, you know, um, will the understanding is there for them as well. So even though it's written for kids, I think the, the thing about it is if you can explain it to a child, then anyone can understand it. Um, I think it actually could be for any age. I think adults could read it. I think it has information in there that I don't think a, a lot of adults know. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's Dr. Seuss books that are, that adults read. Absolutely. You know, yeah. all the places I will go, you know, I mean, yeah. adults read that. Absolutely. They give it for graduation gifts. I think this is completely relevant for anyone Yeah, with anxiety. I think, um, I think too, it's a really exciting time in psychology anyway, because, um, when I was, when I first started practicing, we didn't know any of the brain stuff and it's only been since we've had the technology, we've been able to get more information about that. So we're learning more about how our brains work and how it contributes to things like anxiety, all sorts of things. Um, but there's still a lot to go. So it's, it, it is, it's all, it's relevant for all of us. And I mean, I use the stuff in the book when I'm doing talks or I get super anxious before, um, you know, I've had to give a presentation or anything like that and I use it. So it's, yeah, I found it helpful. Our brains are, you know, it's anxiety is the same, whether we're big or little. Like, no, it is. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so when is, when is your other book coming out? Do you have a, um, a date where it's coming, where it's going to be released? I was given a deadline by the publisher for this weekend, which I think I've done. I just want one more look at it. Um, and then it's going to print in early March. And so hopefully, um, it'll take and it's generally about I don't know, maybe eight weeks after that oh that's not too bad april may hopefully june i think okay so people can look for it in june yeah are we allowed to know what it's called yet yes absolutely it's called hey awesome hey. oh hey awesome how cute <laughs> so i love it the hay and we've kept the um the amygdala is through it as well because i think i i um that's you know, I want kids to feel that sense of, um, you know, just that sense of understanding that that's how anxiety works and that's what's involved in anxiety. And so we've included that as well. Yeah, that's great. And it's the same illustrator and she's done such a beautiful job again. Oh, and it's super cute. So that's great that it's the same illustrator. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can have a whole series of Hays and they're they're awesome. So Hey Warrior is out. Yeah. Where can people get it? So on, I know um, some of the online bookstores do it or my website, which is 
www.haysigmund.com. So that does it as well. Um, but and it's in it's in and some bookstores. If bookstores have ordered it in, they'll have it. Brick and mortar bookstores. So it's really just a matter of. But definitely the work the I ship it worldwide, so people can get it. Okay. So and I will leave a link in my podcast on my in my show notes. I'll leave heysingman.com in case people don't have a pen or don't know what we're talking about. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, in the notes, there'll be uh, links as well to your website so people can get it. Cause it's it's anyone who has an anxious child should have it in their library because it's something that's really helpful and you pull it out when your child's struggling and and have an ongoing dialogue. So <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so nice to actually talk to you in virtual person. <laughs> it's been really nice. And I know, you know, we've emailed a lot over the years. So this is, it's really nice. To, it's so nice to be able to put a face to names. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 um, or to that actual proper human interaction is really lovely. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. You've been really helpful. I think people are going to really enjoy your book. And it was nice talking to you. Thank you for having me. Sure. Anytime. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I have more interviews lined up from wonderful, informative people who are going to come and share their wisdom with us. If you are interested in getting Hey Warrior, I highly recommend it. You can go and order it directly from heysigmund.com. And I will leave a link in the show notes. If you want to just click on that, you can also read very, very informative articles on heysigmund.com. If you're enjoying my podcast, don't forget to show your support. You can click a star on iTunes and that helps support the show, or you can leave a comment and share what you enjoy about the podcast with other parents who are struggling to find some support. I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do. And until next Tuesday, take care. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.